Welcome to Women Unfiltered, a podcast empowering women to step into their authentic selves every damn day. I'm Lynn Calloway, an entrepreneur, wife, mother, and a woman in tech. And I'm Brie Griebel, a rescue mom, health and wellness enthusiast, musician, and also a woman in tech. Join us on this journey as we navigate our friendship, identity, and differences and challenge you to do the same. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the first episode of Women Unfiltered. I am slightly nervous. I feel <laughs> like I have, we have no idea what we're doing, but we're going to navigate it and it's going to be fun. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think in this episode, we're essentially going to kind of go go through how Lynn and I met, how the podcast came to be. We're going to talk about our backgrounds uh, and then kind of like what's what's upcoming and and all of that good stuff. Anything to add there, Lynn? Let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm so excited. I know uh, we're both recording from home. We are recording virtually. So that's been definitely an experience, a journey in and of itself for in sure, navigating all, sure. all of this podcast stuff. Uh I feel like we're gonna we're gonna listen back at these episodes and be like, "What the hell were we doing?" But <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere, and yeah. I think that's also like just part of this journey too, and just hoping to inspire others. But it, you're never gonna have everything figured out right away. You're gonna learn you know. as you go. It's kind of the message I think there with with anything that you're like new at or trying don't be scared by by things that you don't know how to do just dive in and 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 get to it but through push through push through for sure okay well uh if you want to kind of start us off here lynn with how we met yeah Um, for sure so brie and i um are sisters uh, from different mothers, but we're sisters all nevertheless. Um, <laughs> her and I actually met at work. Um, and her and I both work in tech. Um, she'll obviously talk more about her experience, but we work for a tech company um, based here in Austin. And we have worked alongside each other for a little over a year. And I've learned so much from Bree. Um, just as it relates to, you know, our specific industry, digital marketing, advertising and things like that. And, um, and even outside of work, just personal things that we have been able to connect, uh, on so many levels on just being women, uh, you know, being women working in this space, uh, growing, making mistakes, um, you know, also being, you know, entrepreneurs and, uh, she's the dog mom. I'm a, you know, a mom of a two-year-old and just us, you know, chopping it up on the weekends and, and talking about, you know, all the great things that our families are are up to. And so I, I, you know, cherish this friendship and look forward to this journey on this podcast and talking more about, you know, life here in Austin, life at home during quarantine, you know, who would have yeah. ever thought this time, you know, Whoever would have ever thought that, you know, this time, you know, last year that we would have even been in this situation, you know, no one could have ever have prepared for this. And so it's really pushing many of us out of our comfort zones and forcing us to, you know, make some very difficult decisions, adapting to our ever changing environment, 
uh, all that good stuff. So I am just excited to embark on uh, this journey with you, Bree. And yeah, yeah, that's, it's all good. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. And yes, with working in tech, uh, that's been an experience in and of itself. Uh, and yeah, I've loved working with you and, and learning from you as well. And, and it's funny because this podcast really, this idea of it came up pretty recently. I mean, what are we, it's September 7th right now, Labor yeah. Day. Uh, and I mean, it, it couldn't, uh, maybe three or four weeks ago, four weeks ago, yeah. that we were in a, in a meeting and uh, I was just kind of talking about other podcasts that we listened to. And, and Lynn, you were like, well, why don't you start a podcast? And I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's something I've thought about doing. I was like, you should do it with me. And she was like, yes. And then I kind of, we looked at each other, like, is this something that we're actually doing? And we're like, yeah. And so we just kind of, <laughs> we're like, well, okay, let's chat about it on, on Saturday. Let's, let's get some meetings, uh, on the agenda. And Lynn, one thing that you had said was, um, you're like trying to say yes more, uh, yeah. to different things. And so that kind of like really inspired me to move forward with this too. I was like, well, yeah, what, like, what would be stopping us? We, you know, we can make home. the time, right? We can our make the time. And I just want to let our audience know that our meetings are never like quick. Like we oh go into, we go into the meetings like, okay, this is going to take like 15, maybe 30 minutes. And like, it's an hour and a half and we're still talking. Oh no, so. it's three hours <laughs> later and we're still in the meeting. It's like 9 p.m. at night. And my boyfriend is when I come downstairs is like, how was your day? (laughs) Um, So it was just so funny. And I'm so excited again to like really dive into this journey with you, learn more about you too. Uh, I think we've only scratched the surface and, and that's really what this, this podcast is going to be about is, is really, you know, in our intro, we talk about navigating our friendship and our differences and, and I think those are all things that are important within a friendship and especially during these times, really, really hard times with, you know, more than just COVID going on, but mm-hmm. all these racial, um, really ha- like hardships um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the black community and and just heartbreaking experiences that we're all kind of living through. And I think that so many Hopefully, hopefully the world learns uh, from this and really, truly makes change. Um, And we're hopefully, hopefully our story here can inspire others to really um, look outside the the normal friendships that they would typically have, like where they're comfortable and and learn to... um, And have those uncomfortable conversations. Yes, yes, yes. So... So yes, that's a little bit of a how the podcast came to be, but the purpose is is growing into like so much more. Uh, we do have a lotus as part of our our symbol, and I'd like to to touch on that a little bit in just my layman's terms meanings of the lotus. If you Google lotus, there's there's it it goes into like Chinese. I think it dives really into like the Chinese culture and history and the meaning of it. But in layman terms, layman's terms. Uh, oh, here I am saying, uh, 
And, and that's one thing where we're going to like be editing out so many ums and likes during this podcast, but it's all right. We'll get better at storytelling. I'm hopeful. But yeah, the, the meaning of the lotus, it kind of comes from the Chinese culture and, and truly like the lotus flower grows in the murkiest of waters and it produces something beautiful and and I am hopeful that that's kind of what this podcast is, at least for me. It's like we are experiencing and living through some of the worst times that anyone has, has lived through before. Exactly. And I'm hoping that this podcast can be that like bright light, a little bit mm-hmm. of a bright light mm-hmm. and a community of women empowering others, allies too. I don't think it's just, you know, just women, but, but those who support the mission and, and the meaning behind the podcast. And so just something beautiful that um, is kind of sprouting from this really horrible time it's and terrible. trying to, trying to be optimistic and, and, and make something beautiful out of a really, um, really not beautiful situation and learning from and learning from these times you know Mm -hmm. know, with the with the lotus it really it also stands for enlightenment you know so right you know being enlightened being pushing yourself like we said to have those difficult conversations learning from each other you know um you know what's the saying like if you're the smartest person in the room like find another room or (laughs) yeah find another room find other friends whatever you know works for you but like push yourself to 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 learn um definitely from those situations so yeah i i would definitely agree that the lotus is the right symbol for what we're trying to project to our audience absolutely and then as far as what we're talking about i mean we are women unfiltered this is going to be we're going to cover all sorts of topics um everything from finance relationships. So Lynn, you are married. I am not married, but I've been in a relationship for seven years. Uh, You have a child. I have fur children and (laughs) would love to have kids someday, but you know, just haven't gotten to that point in my life. Uh, Navigating our careers, I think goal setting. Uh, What else? Mental health. I know mental health is a big one, especially during this time. Yeah. Yeah. Stress management, uh, any taboo topics. So conversations around religion, spirituality, alcoholism, drugs, really diving into anything. Nothing is off the table. I'd love to hear recommendations from the audience as far as what you guys want to hear as well. Uh, So yeah, just truly excited there. Anything you want to add there, Lynn? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you really hit the nail on the head. We we want to hear from you guys, you know, you guys and girls. Uh, we want to hear from you all. Um, you know, what what do you want us to talk about? Are there specific things that you want to learn about us? Um, are there specific topics that you want us to touch on? Um, you know, we, you know, the our podcast is called Women Unfiltered for that specific reason. We want to encourage you all to be your authentic selves. And we can't encourage you all to be your authentic selves if we're not being authentic. So we are, you know, just really looking forward to engaging with you all more and, and getting this show on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And would love to at some point definitely feature experts in some of these topics that we've mentioned, having their 
their expertise on the podcast and being able to interview and, and navigate, you know, especially with mental health. It's like, okay, what tools do you have to kind of help, help you navigate uh, your own struggles or, um, especially right now, especially right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So definitely hoping that this becomes a amazing community for, for people to really lean on one another and feel inspired and stepping out of your comfort zones and learning from one another. So, uh, so yeah. I would say yeah, that. So Brie, tell us, tell us about yourself. Okay. <laughs> background. Info. Oh, there's so much. Uh, well, I am, I'll start with my age. I know we didn't kind of have that on the list, but I'm 30. I turned 30 this year and I feel like I've really wanted to tap into like learning more about myself and did not think that it was going to come from really a podcast <laughs> during this time, but I I think it's opening and hopefully going to open so many other doors and just like learning what I really want my life to be about and what I maybe want to be remembered for necessarily. I don't, I don't know if those are the specific words I'm looking for, but uh, I grew up in Wisconsin primarily. Uh, dad was like, I, my parents were divorced when I was really young when I was six. I have a brother and, uh, and so I, we moved around a lot. My dad was in the air force. And so we moved, moved quite a bit growing up. And so that's something that's kind of carried with me through adulthood is moving is really easy for me. I feel like I can pick up any day really and and be fine. Uh, and I know others where it's like where I did go to middle school and high school in Wisconsin, Muskego, Wisconsin. I I feel like I knew people who they, they grew up like in the same neighborhood since they were born. <laughs> like they were, that was the home that they grew up in until they like graduated from high school. And even like now their parents still live there and it's like, that's where they go back home. And I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to have a, one home. I also, again, with having parents that divorced at a really young age, it was, uh, something where I kind of had to grow up pretty quickly. I have an alcoholic mother. So uh, that's, I, I don't have a relationship with her right now. And something I would, you know, we'll definitely get into more as we cover alcoholism and drug abuse. That was something that taught me a lot growing up. Uh, some really bad times, um, but also just made me into really strong independent person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so, yeah, I think it, and it's definitely affected me in my adulthood. There's, there's things that I know that I like, I seek acceptance from others um, because I never really felt that from my parents, like kind of growing up and my grandmas were always, always there for me. And so they're, they're two very strong women that I, admire and um my aunts and uncles like everybody who kind of stepped up and and helped out as as I was growing up uh yeah definitely shaped shaped me to who I am today um and so kind of that being said I always really 
really dove into like school and trying to be the best that I could in that sense because it was like my outlet. It was like mm-hmm. my outlet away from home where home, you know, home life wasn't always the easiest. And and so I put my energy and efforts into school. Um, I wasn't like the best student. I definitely like had to work really hard. I wasn't just like naturally smart <laughs> and just like, yeah. you know, those those certain people that you're just, yeah. they're really smart. I'm not one of those people. I'm I'm the person that like tries my best and I will work my butt off to to get the grade that I get and and um and others don't have to try as hard. But that's okay. I'm I'm all good with that. <laughs> uh I really I I dove into oh, you guys are going to likely hear my my dog. One of my dogs is in in my room as I'm recording the podcast and so he just shook his head and you hear the jingling. But um, and Lynn, I know you may have um, Kohan featured Kohan featured at different times during our podcast. But um, yeah, he's he's in the back with his with his dad. So let's pray. <laughs> let's pray. <laughs> so yeah, I know I'm kind of rambling at this point, but essentially, like I really dove into music. Music was a huge, huge. Um, outlet for me growing up. So anything from being in chamber choir, I was in concert choir, like as it's just part of a class, but then chamber choir, musicals, I was Maria in West Side Story. So any listeners, if you've seen West Side Story, I had a tan and black hair. And normally, like I'm very German. So I have very fair skin. Uh, I have blonde hair. (laughs) um, I think that was just such a great experience too. We got to uh, train with a Disney um, cast member for like, like he was in Finding Nemo um, and he's friends with our um, with our music director. And so he got to come and help us out because I wasn't I, I've never been great at really tapping into my emotions. I think it's because I've always tried to hide my emotions because I've tried to make it look on the outside like I have my shit together <laughs> because yeah. I've always tried to put on that strong front. Um, And again, just kind of going back to when I was a kid, um, like nothing was really perfect at home. And that's why I've always, always really felt strongly about treating others how you want to be treated. You don't know anyone's background. Mm -hmm. You don't know like what they've been through, their stories. So don't assume. And and I think everybody kind of tries to put on generally Mm -hmm. uh, like a like a strong front, uh, which is great. I think it's great to feel strong, but it's also okay. Like your emotions are okay. (laughs) And and we'll dive into that more too during, I think the mental health, uh, series, but, but yeah, so dove into music and then went to college for the girl, the girl guys, the girl, the girl can blow. Like (laughs) I've never heard it put that way. (laughs) (laughs) She really can sing. Like you're so talented. It's funny because I feel like my talking voice doesn't do justice at all for like how I sing. Like I was in gospel choir in college, so uh, which I don't know if that means anything, but uh, it was such a fun experience. And like I really got to like I love soulful music like Aretha Franklin. I sang Respect um, when we were in Disney and we like to our choir. Oh yeah, that's on video. I might have to. We might have to find that video. I think Matt, my boyfriend's mom, has it. Has the recording somewhere. But 
Uh, I'm also involved in Chorus Austin here in Austin, obviously. And we just had our first rehearsal uh, being in COVID, like being in quarantine. We had our first rehearsal last Monday. And so that was a very unique experience because normally we are going to a big space to practice mm-hmm. together and hear each other sing. But we were uh, just kind of streaming, our, our director is streaming the music and we were practicing along just in our rooms. And then we broke out into little, um, little separate like break rooms with a couple other people and just got to learn a little bit more about a couple other members. It's a pretty big choir, so it was nice to connect with them on that level. And mm-hmm. it seems like this, um, like instead of normally we'd have practice tonight because it's a Monday, but uh, we will have practice tomorrow, Tuesday. So anyways, I was definitely influenced by music <laughs> growing up. And uh, and so still hoping to kind of do some stuff on the side with it, learn. You know, I think I'll be editing this podcast, at least at first, <laughs> maybe maybe as we grow and uh, we can monetize a little bit. Uh, we can afford to have somebody else <laughs> maybe edit. Um, but we'll see. I So I'm going to navigate editing the podcast. And maybe that'll inspire me to tap into recording some of my own, own music, writing some of my own stuff. And we'll see what happens. But, but yeah, I think kind of just going back to my childhood, like never really had a lot of money. I was never handed things growing up. I always had to work for what I wanted. And I value that a lot. But I, I also know that I like to hold on to things that I normally, maybe other people wouldn't normally hold on to. Are you a before. hoarder? Are I'm not a hoarder. A <laughs> I'm not a hoarder uh, by any means, but I love watching that show. I've, I've um, been called a hoarder, though. So. Oh really? Yeah, my oh. husband. My husband thinks that I'm a hoarder. I mean, not nowhere on that level. Like, maybe things, we'll like, have to second to the yeah, second to the ceiling. But um, <laughs> but definitely like, I, and I feel like most people have some level of that. Like, who wants to throw out sentimental things? Like, right. I, yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I've gotten better about it. And, and so, yeah, grew up in Wisconsin though. After college, like I knew in college, I wanted to move out of Wisconsin. I knew I wanted to like learn about life. And it was in, I was in uh, near Milwaukee. So suburbs of Milwaukee, Muskego. And I knew just after college, I, I needed to make a change. So I, my friend Abe and I, we moved to Los Angeles, which was a crazy drastic difference. Uh, and it, it was exactly what I was like hoping for. I wanted to learn about what I didn't like and what I did like and uh, had some great experiences out there, but knew after two years that it was not for me. But that's where uh, my boyfriend Matt and I connected. We actually went to high school together, but we connected, reconnected after college and he was in the Marines and uh so even before i moved to la we um he was in afghanistan and he had like messaged me on fa- facebook and was like hey how's it going i always joke about it i'm like hey like i'm sure he messaged like 10 other girls the same exact thing but i responded so that's fine i'm sure he was bored but uh now he's stuck with me so <laughs> it's not that bad i'm sure uh so yeah we are 
uh, after two years in LA, decided we wanted we wanted to move out of there. He got out of the Marines, and he had already been in California for like four. Well, it was probably like six years at that point, and he was pretty over California too. So, um, so yeah, we moved to Austin, Texas. It was either Colorado or Texas, and we chose Austin. So we had some family. I had some family in Dallas and some friends in Houston. They were like, check out Austin. We think you guys will like Austin. So we moved here sight unseen. We like rented a place and we're like, well, if we don't like it, you can always move. And that was part of like me growing up. I was very comfortable moving into a new situation. And, and I was interviewing for a job and landed that job. Like, I think I had my interview the day after we got here. And then I got the inner, or I landed the job that that day, or is at least within a couple of days of being here. So that was awesome. <laughs> I definitely felt uh, somewhat accomplished then. It was with a healthy snacking company, and loved my time with that company. But after three and a half years, almost, uh, I knew that I wanted to get into the tech industry, especially being here in Austin. I just knew that's that's. I, I wanted to try navigating that in my career and and I was in the startup world, but but just wanted to go big tech. So I uh, ended up doing that next and have loved every minute of it. It's been a great, great learning experience. It uh, definitely brings its challenges at times and continuing to learn every day. So I think that kind of is the long ass summary about myself. <laughs> oh, wait, I totally forgot about bodybuilding. So I used to <laughs> I forgot about that. It's in our intro. I actually used to compete in bodybuilding when I was in this. Uh, we'll talk about this in our health, our health uh, podcast episode. I definitely can dive deeper into my journey with with the bodybuilding. But long story short, I used to compete in bodybuilding. I was not a professional, but I learned a lot and learned that that was not the lifestyle I wanted to maintain for my health, like physical health, mental health. Uh, and I just wanted to spend my money and time on other things that I was more passionate about. And mm -hmm. so I still weight lift. I still love moving heavy shit, lifting heavy shit. And, and so, yeah, Matt and I work out like five days a week. And, oh. and which is part I, of our I life. I wish now. I could have that. Well, it, you know, I'm working on it. I, yeah. I say that, you know, it's a journey and it's a habit. Like it's really just instilling those habits because we've done it for so long. It truly is second nature. It's just like we, it's part of our day. We yeah. just kind of like, we, we make it work. We fit it in. And, and I think if we had kids, it would be different. We'd probably have more of an at-home gym or just make sure we went to a gym that had a daycare. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, but also with COVID, it's like different. So obviously I think if we had kids and it was like during quarantine, we would probably just do what we could at home and just kind of make it work that way. But I say that, but I feel like it's totally different once you actually do have kids. And yeah, <laughs> you know, I, no. I actually recently got uh, the Peloton. So mm, yeah, I've been, yep. yeah, I've been using that and it, it is fun. I will say, mm -hmm. I love, I literally come back to it because of the trainers. Yeah. There's, there's this one trainer, her name's Robin. Oh my God, badass. And I, and she's so motivational. If you're listening, shout out Robin, yep. yeah, shout out Robin. 
<laughs> um, but she's so, 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 so motivational. Um, and I, 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 I come back just for her, her, yeah. um, her training. So, um, I've been, I've been using that and it's really cool. I've, I've heard that their, uh, sales have gone up tremendously due to COVID. Oh, oh yeah. 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 So, so awesome. Well, yeah. So that's really, I would say the main thing about myself. I also am pretty involved in, um, animal nonprofits and I foster animals. Matt and I both foster like dogs and cats and we have three dogs and one cat and I'm done with like adding more animals, <laughs> but I like volunteering still. And I, I would say the main thing I'm hoping to take away from this podcast, I mean, it really is my Lotus. This podcast is my Lotus. Uh, it is, I think what's going to motivate me the most during this, this time, these uncertain times and learning more about you, Lynn, like we don't look the same. And I think that's something really important to point out in this podcast is I'm white and you are black and that is amazing. And yeah. you don't see black women and white women relationships at least. A lot. Not yeah. Sure. Like there are some out there and, uh, I, I just am so excited for that because growing up in Wisconsin, there were, at least in Muskego, there were not many minorities in my high school at all. It was probably less than like 2%. Do you think that was part of the reason why you wanted to leave or? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew, I mean, I... I was friends with other people at other schools uh, and it, but it's still, it just was like, I knew there was more to the world and uh, I never, I don't know, never really thought too much about it mm -hmm. um, because it really wasn't part of my day to day. It's not something I had to actively think about in my day to day. Mm -hmm. um, but growing up just, yeah, just understanding that there are and seeing just as what what has unfolded during. Oh yeah, Wisconsin now, like. Oh my gosh! Yeah, in Kenosha, that's that's been insane. But just all over the U.S. in general. In yeah. general. Like I, yeah, learning a lot. Learning. So a lot. how how with your folks back home in Wisconsin are they? How do they, have you talked to any of them since like this whole? Yeah, my dad is actually, so yes. um, I don't talk to my mom, so I'm not sure <laughs> what what she's uh, doing, what she thinks, but um, my dad is in Oklahoma, but he, okay. he switches between Arizona and Oklahoma. He's a, um, he used to be a pilot. I mean, he's still a, like, I think technically is a pilot, but now he trains other people to be pilots. So cool. he's based out of Arizona, but he um, like lives in Oklahoma. That's where my stepmom and, and her family are. So he goes between, but I mean, the family, my family that is still in Wisconsin, um, you know, I think, I think the news really made it a big deal. Obviously it is a big deal. Like what happened? It's um 
just insane to see th these videos. And then you think like, what has happened over the years that hasn't been caught on video? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I'm thankful that there are like moments and records of, of these things happening on video so that it is proof. But overall, are, they, are you, do you mean like the rioting and stuff? Like it's not as bad as, people are saying that it is on the mm -hmm. ground. Is that what you're saying? Like I have a friend who actually lives in Kenosha and she said it's been, it was bad, obviously like those first, first few days. And, and then it kind of just calmed down because like curfew is set in place and they're like very serious about it after like the multiple other shootings down in, um, and killings. <laughs> uh, and so, but other than that, it, I don't know. I'm not there. And so I'm not sure if it's just people still staying in their like comfort zone and not really like learning about what's happening mm -hmm. or, or if it is like really bad elsewhere. I'm sure Milwaukee, I'm sure Milwaukee's bad. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. These are crazy, crazy times. And so I think everywhere, um, everywhere it's just like be safe everyone out there um and try and learn from one another like truly stop judging each other and yeah. and there's so much that needs to change within the government that really the, will like where, like where do you start <laughs> right where do right. you start with that one um right this this kind of a, a mess yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's dive into, you know, to take away from the podcast. I think it's just building, building a community and really wanting to inspire others to be their authentic selves. Like don't let society's viewpoint of how you need to be as like a woman or how you need to be as a person. Don't let that affect you or scare you into not being who you are. So I think that message can carry into so many different facets of people's lives but I just hope that it, it truly inspires women, especially to step outside of their comfort zones. Uh, you know, if it's, if you've been afraid to go weightlifting in the gym because you don't know what to do, just start, like, just, just start because the only way that you're going to overcome that fear is by trying it and mm -hmm. you're going to learn and become stronger every single time you tap into that, that fear a little bit. It doesn't have to be all at once, but but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we will inspire others to do the the same. So, but let's dive into you, Lynn. I know we're at 35 minutes of this podcast already. So yeah, about myself, uh, let's get into it. Um, so yeah, I'm from a small town uh, by the name of Athens, Georgia. Um, it is, I would say about 45 minutes outside of um, Atlanta. Yeah, about 45, I mean the the times have changed in terms of commute and traffic but <laughs> the last time I was there is about 45 minutes out outside of Atlanta and um Athens Georgia is a very unique town um it is the home to the University of Georgia so you have academia there um but it is also the smallest county uh in the state of Georgia so we're we're pretty small and it's I like to see it as somewhat of a, a, a liberal 
oasis, progressive, I should say, um, you know, and that's smack in the middle of, of Georgia. Um, and so I had the benefit of growing up in a bit of a diverse environment. Um, I, you know, obviously it could have been better, uh, but because of the university, that community, that population, um, and then, you know, the local population, um, you know, many of the folks that I went to uh, elementary, middle school with, high school with, um, you know, came from, you know, different backgrounds in terms of race, socioeconomic, that sort of thing. Um, and very similar to, you know, your situation uh, in the sense that, you know, everyone went to the same school. Well, there were, I would say that there were a few um, elementary schools, a few middle schools, but there was only two high schools. So either you lived on the west side of town, you went to, you know, this, the high school on the west side, which is Clark Central, or you went to the school on the east side, which is Cedar Shows. And I, I lived on the west side of town for most of my life. Um, and so my mom went to the same high school that I went to. Um, prior to my mother, though, um, uh, I would say that the, the high school actually transitioned from, I believe it was called like Athens High to Clark Central, which at that time before it transitioned, the schools were segregated. Um, and so, yeah, so my mom, my mom actually went to Clark Central and my brothers, and my sisters have, have also gone to the same high school, same middle and elementary schools as well. As far as, oh my, my gosh, as I don't know as, what that is as, as like. far as, yeah, as far as my siblings. Yeah. Um, and I like to say that my siblings are like first generation Athenians, um, because my mother and her mother and her siblings are actually not from Athens. Okay. They're from yeah, they're from a small town uh, called Stevens, Georgia, which is in Oglethorpe County. So that town is even more smaller than Athens, and it's it's very rural. It's your you know your one post office, one maybe two traffic lights <laughs> um, <laughs> sort of situation. And like my mother grew up like very 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 poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, obviously growing up in the 60s in the South, you know, dealt with um, your, you know, the blowback, the blowback from, you know, Jim Crow, um, just like different uh, social issues that African-Americans were up against, um, mm-hmm. even after slavery. Um, you know, obviously, slavery lasted a very long time. And there was a remnants of that when that transition from, you know, forced labor into um, another form, which would have been sharecropping and, and so forth and so on. And my grandfather, or actually great-grandfather, which would have been my mother's grandfather, who she also lived in the home with, um, was a sharecropper. And so just her growing up and experiencing that. And, um, you know, I, I would say, and even just speaking with her, you know, she felt like, though, even during those times, like they had everything that they needed. Like it was a very what's the word, like subsistence lifestyle, like where they, they grew their own food, mm-hmm. um, you know, had relationships with the local merchant store, that sort of thing. They had everything that they needed from a resource perspective, although they yeah. were very, very poor. They were still, you know, they were, they were happy in their, their small community. Yeah. Um, and then um, there was uh, some issues where my family decided that they wanted to move off of this, uh, land that they were living on and actually had been living on for, um, I, I guess I should say the land that my mother grew up on 
was actually the family that enslaved my family, which uh, which would have been the Howard family. Um, and so um, so that when they moved from that uh, land in the 60s, and if you think about it, like, you know, that is just saying that sounds crazy. <laughs> 60s, right? You said? Yes, in the 60s is when my mother finally um, finally moved. And there was actually a story that came out recently um, from about Viola Davis, the actress. Yeah. She, she was actually born um, in a, a plantation home that her family were uh, oh, slaves wow. on. And she went back recently and, and purchased that, that land and that property. Did she and, really? Oh yeah. my God, I love her so much. She, oh yeah, she, she's amazing. Yeah. And when that came, when that story came out, it just made me really think about, um, you know, the struggles of my family and like really what they, what they were up against. And, um, but they were, they were strong people were able to, to thrive and as much as they could, I would say, um, Mm -hmm. and relocated and and moved to Athens and to get, you know, because Athens was kind of seen as like, you know, the city. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, it's all relative, obviously. Comparing that to Atlanta is not. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. There's not so much the city, but to my mom, then that was like that was like the big, the nearest big city, and so like they wanted to relocate um, just because it wasn't a good environment, a good condition um, for them to 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 be in that that setup. So um, my my mother, my well, at the time my mother was like I don't know, like fourth or fifth grade. Okay. Um, but her mother was able to get a job. Um, at the university, uh, and you know, was able to buy her first home, and that's actually the home that even I was raised in, which is my grandmother's home. Oh my gosh! Um, and so we were really, you know, a very tight knit family, and and you know, I would say multi generational, because and this is something that was a carryover from when my mom lived in a small town in, in Oglethorpe County. But multi-generational, meaning your mother's living in the house, your grandmother's living in the house. And even for my mo- mother, her grandmother was living in the house. So it was really all hands on deck in terms of taking care of each other as, as much as as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say because of, you know, poverty and, and economic strife, um, my folks, you know, specifically my mom, you know, has had a tremendous you know bout with mental illness and just really struggling in that regard. Um, and it was always mainly around money, you know, mm-hmm. really, you know, not having enough. And how can I, you know, juggle these multiple jobs and take care of these three kids? And it was really, a, you know, at those times, it was all about pulling our resources together and um, doing, you know, the best that we can. Um, my grandmother actually passed away in the 90s. And that really took, you know, us for... <laughs> a whirlwind of changes and really trying to adapt because my mom was just very, very close to her mom, you know? Um, I mean, they slept in the same bed, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously the the space was very limited, but my mom slept in her mom's bed up until, you know, my grandmother passed away. I mean, they were just that close. Um, and, um, was, was truly her, her best friend and her losing her like that. And also dealing with, you know, you know, the, the, the issues that she had, uh, she just, you know, wasn't really able to, um, wasn't really able to adapt to that environment, the, 
you know, and I would I like to say she did the best that she could, but um, it just provided a, a very unstable environment for my siblings and I. And so at a very early age, I had to um, learn to wear many different hats. And, mm-hmm. and and you struck on something when you said, you know, going to school was kind of your outlet because, you know, and, and doing good in school um, was your outlet. And it was the same for me, you know, like, I mean, I would say some of my closest friends probably knew that my mom was like going through these, these things, but yeah. um, the major- the majority of the folks I would think didn't know. <laughs> um, and I was still very active in school, was, was thriving um, in school and was a pretty, a pretty good student um, specifically, especially in high school um, and was, you know, senior class president, just did really, you know, Wait, I you like were class really, president? really good stuff. What's that? Did you say you were class president? I was senior class president, yep. I'm I'm senior class president as well. <laughs> did you do a speech at your at your graduation? Yeah, I did. Yes. I, I oh did. my god, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so shout president. out to the, the the past like senior class presidents, the, the folks that oh, are in that class. We we are special individuals. Just you know, having a, a set of leadership skills at a very early age, you know. Um, so I, I was able to really, really, you know, do the best that I could because I felt as though if I can really pay attention to and focus on the things that were within my control, um, that I had a chance, you know, despite my background, despite my mother's background and what I was up against. Um, and so um, I would say at the first chance that I got, I left. Um, I went to college in Savannah and I stayed two years. And then um, my mother got sick and I was dealing just with some some mental stuff going on, you know, just depression, to be honest, you know, um, and just trying to balance it all. And also, I think a, there was a little bit of me being homesick um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, a variety of of things that were going on and decided to come home and take a break. Um, And I took, I I would say I took like a a semester off. Um, And then I was able to transfer to a school that was closer to home and was, was able to balance that out. Uh, And I actually, my husband, who's now my husband, uh, Mario, he and I actually went to high school together. Um, We were friends what ninth grade started to be become friends around ninth grade. Uh, but we did not start dating until like our sophomore year of college. That's so uh, funny. And yes. I've known him since we were 13. Yes. Uh, and well, I've I known was, Matt since we were yeah. 13 as well. Yeah. well. Wait, was it 13? Yeah. Was that our freshman? When did you graduate high school? In 2004. 2004. Okay. So I graduated high school 2008 and we yeah, so we were 13 or 4. Yeah, no, we were 13 based on like when him and my birthdays were. It's like we sat next to each other freshman year high school math class, but didn't start dating until after after college. So just funny how we have like some weird similarities just yeah. <laughs> like our life. But yeah, let's continue on. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, you have these conversations and you, you start to see that, you know, most of us, yeah. are, we have so much in common, you know. Yep. Um. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say that, um, yeah, I, I was just trying to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I was able to, um, oh, yeah, 
Let me backtrack. My bad. Uh, so yeah, I've known my husband since thir- since we were thirteen, and um, and so we decided to date uh, my what sophomore year, year of college, and he was finishing up at the University of Georgia, and it was his senior year, actually the last semester, and he was like, and we were at we decided to get an apartment. We were living together. And uh, he was trying, this was what, 2008. So you would have been graduating high school. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so that was doing the worst economic fallout fallout that we have experienced. And it Uh was scary. You know, Mm. it was really scary. Um, I would say this climate really reminds me of it. There are obviously different aspects of that because now you have like a a, a health crisis, an epidemic or pandemic um, with, COVID-19. But in terms of the economy and things like that, I, I, it's bringing me back to, you know, it's giving me 2008 vibes, but um, Mm. he was trying to find a job and it was a mess. Like I remember it getting so bad that like he applied to McDonald's. Now, now, look, this college graduate who had amassed this amount of, this large amount of debt, um, from going to school and graduating from the, you know, the top university in our area and, you know, graduating the top of his class and like, yeah. you know, just doing everything the right way, could not find a job, could yeah. not. And we were like, okay, did you really go to school to just like, you know, just work a, a minimum wage job? And by the way, there's no issue with working minimum wage jobs. You you, you do right. what you can until you do better. But I guess my point is like, when you put that amount of time in and that amount of resources, it's like, when you graduate college, I mean, come on, people want to start working in their field, you know? Um, and that's just the reality of it. And we were like, did you, I don't think this is the route that we want to take. So maybe we've tapped out in terms of the jobs that you can get in this area. So maybe we need to just relocate. And so a friend of his actually mentioned um, doing AmeriCorps. And so him and I both looked into it because I was actually also taking a break from school and him and I looked into it and we had never heard of this AmeriCorps thing ever, ever prior to this conversation. And we had heard of Peace Corps, but not AmeriCorps. Yeah. And uh, so AmeriCorps essentially your station it's very similar to Peace Corps, but your state okay. your, yeah, you're stationed domestically instead of like in another country. You. Yeah. Okay. And um and so you can be stationed at any anywhere in the United States or the surrounding territories. And uh what you would do, you you will live you will voluntarily live like on the you know, the the poverty line, but you will also um commit to working on a project or with the company or what have you to um, address, you know, issues that are going on in that specific community. It can be health related. It could be financially, re- financial related. It could be um, any of those different industries, but um, it was to really push people to kind of be in those situations and live it and be able to empathize with them. Um, so they didn't pay you a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got a stipend, but it was a very small stipend. But one, one thing that they did help you with is relocation. And so mm-hmm. we were like coming up on like our, the end of our lease and we didn't have anywhere to go. Um, and so we were like, let's apply. And 
Um, he applied, I applied, and I actually got the call back first. And it was bet- it was between going to was it Venice, Venice, California? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, Syracuse, New York, and the only reason why we chose Syracuse is because we we didn't have very much money for gas, <laughs> and it was like the amount that we've saved can only get us to Syracuse. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, so we decided to like pack the little stuff that we had. We had sold most of it, um, but we decided to pack the little stuff that we had, and we you know got into his his old I think he had like a 1988 uh Cadillac Fleetwood broom it was like this oh my gosh yeah this like long ass car <laughs> that was like um you know like was a a gas guzzler and we just packed everything up inside of it and drove and I remember halfway on that trip it was like two like two o'clock in the morning and um we had a flat tire and we didn't have any money, like any change or anything to like get gas. And I was like, just praying. I'm like, you know what? I feel like this is the right thing to do. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I was asking for, but um, we were looking in the car for like change and we couldn't find change to put air in our tire. And the store that we were at um, was closed. And all of a sudden the air machine just came on what yeah freakish right it just came on and so i'm like oh okay that's a good sign um so we put the gas we put the air in our tire and flated that bad boy and we were back on the road because at that point it was like either we call back home and tell someone to like drive i think we were like in virginia right yeah like have someone come and like pick us up like and that's like the last thing you want to do right you like you you have this all planned out and then having to like call your parents or call call people that you don't you know even really normally talk to and be like yeah I had this plan but yeah it's it didn't go as it didn't go as uh as we would have wanted it to go so you know come and bail us out uh but yeah the the air machine just came on it's like okay this is a sign so mm-hmm. we were we were back on the road and we went to we were able to rent an apartment sight unseen which was the scariest thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, and the apartment was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm there are talking- certain places where I'm like, okay. Like you didn't did you even have pictures that you no. were like online? Well, we oh. had a we had a picture because this was like Craigslist and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very like I mean look, you can find some really cool shit on Craigslist, but like sometimes you can come across some really sketchy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we you could see the outside of the place, but there were no pictures on the inside. Oh and, god. Yeah, and so we got there and like my husband is like major like sometimes he can be like a you know, a major germaphobe. And we we got there and it was disgusting. It was literally like a roach motel sort of situation. Oh, it was just god awful and i was like and i remember him saying like uh, i i can't sleep here I'm, um we're just going to have to sleep in a car now mind you this is syracuse no i would i would say this is like it was like the beginning of summer so it wasn't it wasn't like freezing i mean no syracuse you can get like 2 or 3 feet of snow sometimes right. but it wasn't freezing but like that night it was very chilly like very chilly 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, there's no way I'm sleeping in this car. So let's 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 go to Walmart and let's get some cleaning stuff and come back and I'll, you know, we can do the best that we can as far as cleaning. And so we cleaned it up and he felt a little bit better. And um the rest is history because we really established a community there in Syracuse. I was actually stationed at a uh community development credit union. Um okay. and, and which is a little bit different from uh, standard credit unions because they're really heavily invested in the community in which they're set up in. And so I was, I was actually, um, um, brought on to help them with the marketing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was actually brought on to help them with the marketing for, uh, their financial literacy campaign. As you can imagine, I mean, this is what, 2008. Mm-hmm. So people are going on a foreclosure, people are losing their homes, like people are trying to really get their finances together. And I was able to work hand in hand with some of the financial counselors to to get their marketing and stuff out to so that these people can um, get the resources that they need. And it was a very it was a very cool experience because it was the first time that I had ever been out, you know, away from my hometown, let alone like yeah. away from the state of Georgia. Um, but I will say those beginning, the the beginning of, that was the beginning of my nonprofit work. Um, that was the beginning of really feeling a part of like, you know, the community and really helping them from the ground up, you know, from a grassroots level. Yeah. Um, it, it was also my first uh, shot at working for marketing, uh, working in a marketing department, you know. Did you major in marketing in college? Uh, it's funny because I actually did get my bachelor's in direct and interactive marketing, okay. uh, but initially I went to school for chemistry. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I went very to different. Yeah, I went to school for chemistry and I actually got a, a lot of hours in it and even worked in a, a, a chemical lab. Oh wow! Uh, for a year and was like, oh, this is cool. This is these are good skills to have, but like I wasn't really happy in that. Mm-hmm. Um. In that regard, um, still know a bunch about pH, still know a bunch about different things that I would probably never, you know, use, use <laughs> electro disposition, things like that, <laughs> plating metal, things that I would sure. never. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fancy. <laughs> things that I would never like actually need to use right now but um at least like it was I tried it you know I tried mm-hmm. it and realized that it just wasn't my forte and right. um, I was already working in marketing outside of work anyway from a grassroots level I even started a nonprofit uh with Mario um to um we we essentially took a, a vacant lot in on the south side of Syracuse and uh turned it into a, an um a, a urban garden uh, for the families in that area to really promote, um, you know, urban agriculture and um, taking, you know, blighted spaces and turn it into these these beautiful um, landscapes that produce food. Yeah. Um, and it's very interesting because in these areas, and these areas still exist to this day, where you, you have what they call food deserts, you know, where mm-hmm. the nearest grocery store is, is is you know it's is not that close mm-hmm. and that you can come across a bodega or a corner store um before you come across you know a 
uh, grocery store with fresh produce. So there are different elements to, you know, you know, just living in poverty and, and different perspectives of it. I mean, you, you, you know, you have health issues, obviously. Right. Um, and then you have not having access to, to fresh fruits and vegetables. And then you have issues of crime. And so that, mm-hmm. you know, people are living, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very complex issue that when you're looking at these issues, you have to look at them from, you know, all perspectives, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, I realized that I really enjoy storytelling and marketing and uh, developing businesses. And that is really what I, I, you know, I still, you know, kept my day job because <laughs> that is just the reality of business owners, um, especially women business owners, especially uh, women of color. Um, mm-hmm. that, is, that is just our plight in terms of owning a business is that many of us have to keep our nine to fives to keep the lights on and to also fund self fund our businesses. Um, I've been very, you know, grateful to be able to advance in my career and, and, you know, have a pretty stable salary. Um, but also is, you know, when I'm not at work, I'm, I'm working on my, my business and all the different obstacles that, that come with that. And, uh, so yeah. And, you know, advancing in my marketing career brought me to tech. Um, I've been very similar to you. You've been working with startups for for quite some time mm-hmm. um, and have always uh, worked mainly with, you know, more of the operational part of marketing, digital marketing, you know, like, you know, content building, um, you know, working with uh, content uh, development softwares, um, building websites, things like that. So, yeah you know, it was kind of a natural progression to, to, to embark on, you know, this career at more of a a bigger tech company, which is Mm -hmm. where I was introduced to you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I would say that all of that, you know, coming up really molded and really, um, you know, made me who I am today and uh, allow me to see, you know, life and just even the situation that we're living in, um, from, you know, a very, a clear perspective, you know, a a clear lens on that in terms of, you know, what is my position? What is it that I should be doing? Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe I shouldn't be doing anything. Maybe I just should relax. You know, it's okay to, to not do anything sometimes. Right. Take a breather. You know, you don't always have to be, um, you know, on, yeah, on and involved. Um, And how do you balance those things? How do you balance motherhood? You know, how do you balance motherhood, owning a business, you know, still having your day job um, and or sometimes owning multiple businesses? Right. You know, so how do you balance those things? And I think I, I really want the audience to take away um, if, if if they don't take away anything else is, is to really take away uh, f- from the fact that you don't have to know it all. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and we're all learning. You know, absolutely. Um, and this is a this is a progression. This is this is not it's a marathon. You know, this is not we're yes. this, is not, this is not a sprint, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And, and you're, yeah, you're going to have to work a little bit each day or maybe, you know, at your pace, at your own pace um, in order to progress. So for sure, for sure. So what brought you, though, uh from New York to Austin then? Oh, thank you for asking that. Cause, um, I, 
forgot to mention that. So I And um, when did you start Alienado is my other big question. Shameless plug. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all. Okay. I just need to, you know, how Lynn, you you uh did a little plug for me with singing, and I just have to do the same with your business, Alienado. Um it is a self-care like products. Uh, beauty oh, is it necessarily like beauty products or what are you We're like personal care more personal, personal care. care personal yeah. care and just an amazing brand and i'll let you definitely dive into more of like the mission of alienado and in background on that maybe that's a whole other episode yeah, sure. <laughs> is, but like yeah. um i use the deodorant every single day and it is my favorite deodorant that i use that you have um like natural deodorant and it works and it smells so good all day and i don't understand i could just sit there and smell it and just like feel relaxed i have the lavender one so uh it's it's great and so i just and you're a mom and i just don't understand how you do it all so uh so yeah first question essentially brought what brought you to Austin, Austin. Uh, I w- my husband's job actually brought me to Austin. Um, I've been, okay. yeah, before I came on to, you know, the company that we're working for now, I, um, was work, I was working from home. Um, my, you know, my position allowed me to, to be remote. Um, so okay. I was still working for that company, even when I was here in Austin briefly. Uh, but his job brought us down here and, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pretty much him. What year? <laughs> what year did you move here? We've been here a little over a year. We came what? Oh, okay. In, yeah, April of last year. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, and Matt and I moved here in May of 2015. So yeah, we've been here for a few years now. It's gone fast. It's like it's gone by yeah, so fast. It, it, it it's has. crazy. It's crazy. It has. And then and you're in the house, like your all your days kind of just oh, they blend to the next. I don't know how it's like I we were at Costco yesterday and they have Christmas trees up and I was like when did this happen? <laughs> like, <laughs> it is September. It is it's we haven't even hit Halloween yet, but I guess people gotta be prepared. Uh and then Kohan, like when when did he come into your lives? Oh my son, he's he's a little over two, what two and a half. Yeah. Um, I had him on St. Patrick's Day in 2018. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he just came into the he <laughs> when he was born, like he he didn't cry. He just kind of looked like, okay, where am I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he and he has just been this wide-eyed, curious kid since mm-hmm. the day that he was he he arrived on earth and yeah. um just a beautiful boy but his name is kohan kohan atlas I love and it. yeah and uh, yeah so he keeps me on my toes <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i would say my dogs and well i guess my kitten he keeps me on my toes but not the same at all compared <laughs> to like a human i can compare as much as i want but i'm like you have a no, no. It's like running around and getting into stuff, and <laughs> he'll keep progressing. Whereas the cat will eventually calm down. 
Kohan will continue to <laughs> learn grow, yeah. and grow and all that stuff. But he's such a cutie when he comes on and kind of says hi very shyly, but we'll get there. We'll build yeah. that. We'll build we'll, that relationship. We'll there. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the business owner of a company called Ali and Otto, as Bree mentioned. Yeah. We'll definitely go into more detail down the road. But yeah, we sell personal care items and we've been in business for a few years, still definitely a startup. Um, and you know, with with Ali and Otto, actually Ali and Otto, there are family names. Um Ali was my great grandfather and Otto was his son. And I really wanted to, and I, I even mentioned this on the website, but I, I really wanted to um, harken back to a time where less was more and there wasn't, you know, a whole lot of fluff in the products. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I, I wanted to, to do that with these products. So as you can tell, many of the products, you know, are, are non, well, all of the products are non-toxic, but the ingredients are, um, you know, organic they are free of parabens um synthetic fragrances just all all that stuff that you just really don't want and we want i wanted to build a brand that wasn't just you know specifically for me as a woman but also something that i can you know use for my entire family you know women are the main ones that are going to the stores buying these products for the household and i just wanted to make it easy for a family to be able to you know, buy the items, the personal care, soaps, things like that, that they need for their entire family and, and really not have to, you know, shop at like f- four or five different brands just to get the items that they need. Um, right. And, and with O&O, we really, and you guys will see in, in the future, really want to push the envelope on, um, um, you know, you know, really pushing the envelopes on plastic-free um packaging um, most of our items are plastic free our soaps actually are in a, a recyclable hdp bottle um and that is something that you know we're working diligently on to to innovate to figure out ways that we can use less plastic um just because it's just we don't yeah yeah we, we don't we don't need as much plastic that we have in circulation right now and as right. as a brand we acknowledge that um yeah but obviously you have to crawl before you walk. So definitely keep your eyes um, open for the new and improved products that we have coming out. But thank you, Brie, for mentioning that. Yeah. I, again, it just kind of goes back to like continuing to wear so many hats. I don't know how you do it, but uh, we keep ourselves busy, I think, for sure. <laughs> now we have this endeavor, this podcast endeavor. But I think this is just really fun fun uh for us to again like get to know each other and and share with our listeners that you can really break the mold for like who you're generally comfortable yeah what was that yeah like don't limit yourself all right right yeah so very excited for what's to come anything else that we want to no, I think I think that sums it up. I think sure you, you got it up. Yeah, make sure you make sure you all stay tuned for our next episodes, um, where we will be, you know, delving into other topics. Um, we'll definitely lay out everything in you know our podcast notes. But um, yeah, be sure to follow us. Yeah, on Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Yep. Instagram women dot unfiltered. 
women unfiltered was already taken so we had to do women dot unfiltered and then our website is coming but you'll be able to find us at women unfiltered dot wtf yes we chose wtf mm-hmm. uh <laughs> and then hopefully at some point we'll get some merch up and running i think this is going to be a really amazing community and I am really excited to be on this journey with you, Lynn, and with everybody else. And yeah. Yeah, excited. Excited. Awesome. Well, until next time, everyone, remember to be true to yourselves, your authentic selves every damn day. Thank you for tuning into the Women Unfiltered podcast. Follow us on Instagram at women.unfiltered and stay up to date with new episodes and show notes at womenunfiltered.wtf. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast with a friend. As always, our views and opinions expressed are our own and solely for informational and entertainment purposes and do not express those of our employers.